0: We're talking about Thanksgiving again, Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks, the giving of thanks. And uh so if you are here for the first time thank you you could have been any place else on the planet but you chose to be with us and if you're here for the first time you're just in time you're going to hear the preacher talk about money today how about that that's always like uncomfortable for a lot of people uh but but we really don't preach we don't preach uh, we don't really talk about money very often around here and the Lord's good and he blesses us and and the church is blessed and uh here at the conclusion of the service uh we'll have our annual business meeting uh you know it's the business side of church is always the stuff that you don't necessarily enjoy, but you gotta you gotta deal with it because you gotta make sure that that we are uh, taking care of the tithe and offering and taking care of everything that the Lord wants us to take care of, and we want to remain accountable to uh, the membership and, and to the elder board and all that good stuff. So so we'll have a very brief business meeting at the conclusion of service. But since we are talking about business, I thought it would be a good opportunity once again to not forget about uh, one of the most. Important parts of Thanksgiving, and that is the giving of thanks. There is, there is a blessing that comes with giving. Okay, last year I preached for a whole month. I took a whole month. So if you're here today, hey, uh, just be be happy. I'm only preaching about this one week. Last <laughs> last year I preached a whole month on on tithing and giving, um, uh, and. and so so if, if you want a deeper dive, I encourage you, and, and actually I, I preached on this topic, the, the Tither's Bill of Rights. Uh, so if you have come in since last year, and we're not here for that, I do encourage you to go back into the archives on our website, gatheringviridian.org, uh, pull up the archives, there's a whole month of teaching on givings, but... I I want to come back and touch on it because I I don't want anyone to miss out on this blessing. We don't make a habit of uh, you're not going to see us try to coerce you or twist your arm or put you on a a guilt trip about giving financially to our church. Uh, We don't believe in that. Uh, I very much believe that if we are obedient to what God wants us to do in the ministry of gathering church, God's going to take care of us financially. Uh, you know, no matter who chooses to give or who he directs to give, God's going to take care of us. Okay, uh, I don't want anyone to think, "Oh man, the preachers wanting my money," so he's wanting to line his pocket with money. That's not how it works around here. Tithing could double this month, right? And I'm still going to just—I'm going to make my salary, <laughs> right? I, I, I make a salary, and it's that salary, whether the tithe increase or what. Okay. Uh, and, and the Lord takes care of me. And so my, my financial blessings in life uh, is, is directly hinged on my obedience and my faith in Christ and, and my obedience and my faith in his word, uh, not on who I can try to talk into giving to the church or giving to me, right? Uh, and, and that's how it is for all of our families. So uh, the other thing I want to also just uh, reiterate is uh, we do not teach here that if you, if you Pay your tithes, or if you give in the offering, God's going to make you a millionaire. Okay? Uh, you don't have to put your down payment on blessings. <laughs> it's, it's not how it works. Uh, what I do teach is this. If you, if you have submitted to Jesus Christ as, as your Lord, then you are already a kazillionaire. Because he said, according to his covenant that goes all the way back to Abraham, that he would supply every need according to his riches and glory. So if there's a need that crops up in your life, guess what? There's already provision for it. You just have to have faith. So in the kingdom of God, wealth is not measured by how much you have, by how but but rather how much you don't need. And if you are a child of God, all of our needs are already met according to his word. Amen. Uh, I witnessed it on on a I just did a really quick round trip uh, that I don't have time to go into details, but Uh, there were lots of elements on that trip. You can ask my wife that we were like, Whoa, there's a lot of moving parts. How is this going to take place? And the Lord just told me, he said, Hey, I'll take care of you every step of the way. And he did everything. I thought, Oh Lord, I may need this. You know, no, I've already got you. And sure enough, the, the provision was there for everything I needed on that trip. Uh, man, that's, that's a rich life right there. That's a blessed life, regardless of how much is in your checking account or not in your checking account, uh, if, if he says he's got you back, well then, well, then every single one of us are wealthy. And really, the truth of the matter is, every single one of us in this room, from the poorest of us to the richest of us, we all, let's be honest, we all live like kings and princes compared to about 70% of the world. So, so if you want to say, oh, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord to bless me. Well, 70% of the world would look at you and say, well, he already has, <laughs> you know. So, so a lot of that teaching is all things relative, right? Um, so here we go. Hey, let's get into this. I, I, I don't want you to be robbed of a wonderful, wonderful blessing if you choose to walk in this. I will say this uh, also before we jump into it. If you, don't, if you are not a tither, does that mean that God looks at you as a second-class citizen? Or are you lesser in his sight? No, you are still a child of God. Uh, tithing and giving is part of your faith walk. For some of us, uh, uh, we're at different places in our faith. Sometimes faith is like a, a branch on a tree. You remember when you used to go climb trees when you were kids? You didn't always just like run out on the ed- edge of the branch. Sometimes you had to test that branch a little bit in order for you to build your faith in that branch, right? So some of you may, may be at a point that you're still kind of testing that branch of giving and trusting God. And uh, that's okay. That's all right. He's very patient and... Uh, you know, he's, he's willing to walk with you on your faith journey. I will say this, most of the greatest fruit does not grow close to the trunk. If you want good fruit in your life, you've got to get out on that branch sometime or another. Amen. So, all right, here we go. There is an incredible blessing in giving. First of all, it's, you know, God patterned it for us. John 3.16, one of the first verses we learn as kids. This is the NLT version. For this is how God loved the world. How much did God love the world? He gave. When you love someone or love something, you the first thing you want to do is give of yourself. What did he give? He gave his one and only son. He gave the greatest thing he had. His word made flesh. That's what he gave us. Do you realize that the word of God is the greatest thing he can give us? The Bible says that thy word, you have exalted thy word above your name. So he has placed his word above his name, even. Because what good is your name without your word being solid? And so what he did, he gave his word, his only begotten son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, have everlasting life. Now remember that. What was it that God gave? He gave the greatest thing he had. Right? He, he gave the best that he had. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the, there it is, the best part of everything you produce. What'll happen then? Verse 10. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My grandma used to tell me you can't outgive God. Luke 6 38. Give. And you will receive. How are you going to receive? It says your gift will return to you in full. Isn't that awesome that we serve a God? That when, when we're obedient and we do give in whatever capacity, and it's not just finances, it's if you give love, if you give friendship, if you give time, if you give attention, if you give a in a way of meeting a need, whatever it is that you give it says your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. Now, that's a pretty good deal that God gives us. And and again, it's not just dealing with finances. It's in every part of nature, every part of this realm. You know, I I teach it this way. Everyone take a big, deep breath. Now, hold it for a second. Now, if you're thinking, ooh, I got to hang on to this breath because I may not have air later. Well, you can't do that, right? Everyone exhale. In order to get more air, you have to release the air that you have in your lungs, isn't it? You can't sit there and hoard the air. I'm going to hang on to this because I may need more air later. No, you have to release the air, trusting that you're going to get more air back in return, right? That's how it is in everything in your life. If you want love, you have to give love. If you want friendship, the Bible says, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. In other words, give friendship. Whatso- the Bible says, whatsoever you sow, that and only that is what you're going to reap, right? So it's, it's a basic concept, the, the, the law of giving, the law of receiving. Uh, and, and so it goes with uh, finances as well. So that brings us to the concept of tithing. There's a whole lot of scriptures we can get into, but for the sake of time, we're just going to touch on three really quick. Tithing is not just a New Testament concept. It does go all the way back to the Old Testament. Uh, the word tithe literally means a tenth. Okay. Uh, and, and so the concept is this before we jump into it. Uh, if say I give JJ, JJ's a little low on money. He just went to go see David Crowder and he bought everything at the swag table. Everything he could get a hold of. Every, every guitar pick, every shirt, every ball cap. Yes, yeah, and, and beard oil, David Crowder beard oil. Uh, it makes you smell less like old carpet. <laughs> so, so J.J. needs money. So I tell him, I say, I tell you, what, I'm going to give you $100, but 10 of the dollar, 10 of those dollars, it's still mine, but the rest of it you get to keep, so at the end of the week, make sure you bring me back $10. Now, J.J.'s not going to pay me, he's just returning back what I already said was mine. And not only that, I told him, I said, man, I love you so much that if if you bring me the 10 back, I'm going to treat you as if you gave me the whole $100 back. I'm going to get that excited about it. And that's really what God is doing with us. He's saying, hey, say, well, does God really need money? God doesn't need anything. But what he wants is your heart and your trust. And and if he can get you to trust him with your money, that's really, let's just be honest. You know, we can trust him for this and that and everything else. But when it comes to money, eh, you know, then we get kind of a little possessive about it. But the Lord is saying, "Hey, if you will give me the, the, the 10% off the top, if you if you'll return a tenth, I'll act like you gave the entire check. Because who do you think gave you that check in the first place?" That's really what He's saying. All things come from Me, and if you'll just give Me back the tenth, hey, I'll act you so. You don't really, it's incorrect for us to say, Hey, I pay tithes. No, you don't pay anything. You return tithes, really, because it already belonged to God. And you set it aside to get it holy. Say, Well, I'm not at a place I can trust God with 10%. And I know a lot of preachers get mad when I say this, but I'm going to say, What is it that you trust God with? Is it 5%? Well, then give that. Is it $5? I trust Him. I can give $5 a week. That's what I trust Him with. Okay. Then start there, if that's where you're at with your faith. Not for the sake of me. I already told you, hey, my salary, that's what I'm going to make. Whether we rack rack in $2 million this month, I'm still going to make my salary. Why? Because that's what the Lord blesses me with. But I'm I'm telling you, for the sake of your faith, I want you to experience this incredible blessing, this tither's bill of rights, okay? Uh, So let's see what the Word of God has to say. All the way back in Leviticus, 27, uh, chapter 27, verses 30 and 32. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or the fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. That's the wonderful thing is we take a tenth, we set it apart, and we make it holy. Why? Because we say, all right, Lord, it's yours. You're going to do with it as you want, and you're going to multiply it. 32, count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord is holy. Now, why is he talking about crops and animals because that was their mode of finances back then, okay? They didn't have paper money and all that stuff like we have today, okay? Uh, But it actually goes back further than that. Genesis chapter 14, starting with verse 19, talking about Melchizedek. Abram Abram had just won an incredible battle with his men, and so he met Melchizedek, who was the, the king of Salem, or the prince of Salem, and a high priest for him. It says, Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth, or a tithe, of all the goods he had Recovered, Okay, why, why is this scripture significant? Because the book of Hebrews talks about our high priest, which is Christ Jesus, who is forever before the throne of God making intercession with us. And, and, the, and, and Paul validates Jesus being a high priest, saying he came not from the order of Aaron, which was the earthly, the first earthly high priest uh, uh, under the law of Moses, he said, but he came from the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek didn't have a beginning, didn't have an end. The Bible doesn't record anything about his genealogy. No one knows where he came from. Some folks think that that he was a. Some theologians will argue that he was a possibly an uh, an early uh, incarnation of Christ. Okay, uh, that's all. That's all for another day's discussion. But I but I do know this. It's interesting that Melchizedek was the the king or prince of Salem. Which would eventually become Jerusalem. Well, in, in the Hebrew, Salem is Shalom, which means peace. So he was the king or prince of peace. Who is our king or prince of peace? Jesus. So just as Abram, who is or Abraham, who is the father of our faith, because we are instructed by Paul to have faith like Abraham. That we trust God even when nothing else makes sense. We just trust God's word and God's promise that the father of our faith paid a tithe to the prince or king of Salem or peace. So likewise, we being children of Abraham and faith will pay a tithe to the prince of peace or our high priest, Jesus Christ. So it's kind of neat how that all ties in, okay? But it goes back even further. You can go back to Genesis chapter 4, starting with verse 2. It says, Abel, this is uh, Adam and Eve's boys, Abel and Cain. Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain he presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. But Abel also brought a gift. Ah, here we go again. Here it is. The best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked, looked dejected, okay? So, uh, and, and, and again, that's another huge study that we could get into that we just don't have time to today. But you can, you can see all the way back to early in Genesis, the concept of presenting a tithe or presenting the first fruits, or the best of what you got to the Lord, uh, was, was introduced early on in Scripture, Okay? Uh, so with that being said this this is what I'm excited to share with you. Uh if you weren't here last year or if you've never heard about this I want inter- to introduce you to an incredible blessing uh that the Lord that the Lord said this is not me preaching it this is this is the Lord saying uh saying it it's found in Malachi chapter 3. This is where we get the tither's bill of rights. So if you are a tither uh in your life if you are a tither these are 3 promises, three rights that you can claim that God gives you. God gives you these rights. This is not the preacher trying to talk you into it. This is God. This is saying, all right, Lord, I'm being obedient. And I I know you're not going to lie to me, and I can expect this, okay? Malachi 3 and 8. Now, just to set you up, what was taking place is Israel was instructed to pay a tithe to their local, basically their local temple. Uh, Then those temples would pay a tithe to the primary temple located in, uh, uh, at the time, in Shiloh. Okay. Uh, eventually it would be uh, in Jerusalem. But what was happening is folks stopped paying tithes of grains and animals to the local temple. Well, then the local temple couldn't pay tithes to the high priest. And so the priesthood, bless you, bless you. Uh, the priesthood was. Uh, Suffering, they, the, the, those that were ministering to the Lord on behalf of the, of the nation couldn't, they couldn't minister to the Lord. They were hungry. They, they were, they couldn't meet their needs. And so this is what the Lord uh, spoke through the prophet Malachi. He said, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me off of the tithes and offering due to me. You are under a curse. What does that mean? Did God curse them? No, they cursed themselves. They held the oxygen and they held, nope, not gonna give out. Well, how can you receive anything else if you don't release? You know, How, how can you be blessed if you're not first a blessing in some way? Not just in finances, in all areas of life. How can you receive if you don't give? You know, the tide can't roll in Unless at some point the tide rolls back out, uh, you can't have a harvest unless you let go of. You know, you have seed. Well, you could eat the seed. Well, hey, it fed you for for a second. Or you can release the seed. You can let go of it, plant it, and let a harvest grow back up. Right? It's it's just the way that God has created everything in this realm. So basically, what they what they were doing is they were technically eating the seed. Well, then they they had no way of being able to uh, receive anything. So you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Then it goes on to say, verse 10, notice this is, this is really cool. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, he said, if if you'll be obedient, if you'll bring the tithe, this is what I'm going to do for you. I will Open the windows of heaven for you, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Does that mean that he's going to just pour a ton of money on you? Well, if that's what he chooses to do, but it means that he's going to pour a blessing. He's going to give you so much provision and whatever that provision may be, in whatever form it takes, but he's going to take care of you to the point you can't, you won't be able to contain everything that he has for you. And he says, And I underline this because this is the only place in the Bible that he tells you to do this really. Try it. Put me to the test. He said, I double dog dare you. See if I won't be true on this. Then he goes on to say, then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So that's where we get the tithers bill of rights. There are three rights that you get to walk in as, as a tither. The first one is provision. Everyone say provision. 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 If you're consistent, if, you, if you're faithful in your giving, if you're faithful with your tithes, then you can say, hey, Lord, you promised me. God will open the windows of heaven and pour out an uncontainable blessing. I remember when I was at a time of need in my life and I had been faithful all, for years and years, I've been t- faithful in my tithing. I've been faithful in obedience, doing the work of God to the best of my ability. And many of you saw it, and many of you were a blessing. When I, all of a sudden, I, there was such a great need in my life, and there was such an outpouring of love and provision to the point that I had to, you know, I, I, was, I was, you know, I'd moved into an empty townhouse. And in four days, it wasn't empty anymore. It was so full, I had to stash stuff in the garage. And then I, I, I had so much blessing, I, I had to start blessing others, you know, because I, I didn't have a need for this stuff. I was in the garage and, oh, but you got a need. Well, hey, come to my garage. I can, I got, yeah, I became like a little mini Mission Arlington all of a sudden, right? <laughs> well, what was it? He poured out a blessing in my life. I couldn't even contain it. I didn't have enough room for his blessing, you know? Uh, and, and I fully believe is was from, from my obedience to tithing protection. God will guard your wealth from the quote, insects and disease. That's what he said. Hey, I'll guard your crops from insects and disease. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when it seems like you're, you're, you're just starting to save just enough money or, or you're just starting to get ahead in your retirement or, or you're just, you know, you finally think, oh, I paid all this stuff off. Whew, now I can start stashing this into savings or whatever. And All of a sudden you got, you know, uh, doctors' bills crop up. The kids need this. The schools need that. You know. Oh yeah. Now we're going up on this, or you know, taxes are being raised, or this or that. It's, it, it seems like sometimes the disease and insects of life just kind of try to whittle away at your wealth. Well, if you are a if you are a, a obedient giver, that's something that you'll be able to say. Hey, you know what, Lord, you're going to take care of me. I'm not going to worry about it. I may not be happy if I get the news, but I'm not going to worry about it because you're going to protect. You're going to protect what you've given me from the, the disease and the insects of this world. Amen. And finally, promotion. He's promoted. The nations will take note and call you blessed. All of a sudden, folks are going to start going, man, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, you're doing it right because you're blessed. And that'll give you a chance just to share the love of God and say, you know what? I serve a God that just takes care of me and I can walk in faith. If I cast all my cares on him, well, he cares for me. He's going to take care of everything I have. So that, in a nutshell, like I said, you can, you can uh, dive a little bit further if you'll go back and listen to the archives. But, but I want to share that with you today since we're, we're going to be talking about some finances here in a few minutes uh, uh, with, the, with the church. And, and the, you're going to find out God's really blessed us here at Gathering Church. And the, the way he has blessed us is through all of you. Uh, we were blessed. We've got some incredible givers in this church. Uh, and so I thank you. Uh, but but if, if you're not... I want to encourage you to be a giver, not not for the sake of gathering church. Uh, I'll say this, and boy, I've had preachers fuss at me about saying that, don't don't come around my church preaching this, (laughs) right? The reason why is you need to be obedient with your tithe according to how the Holy Spirit directs you. In other words, you need to give in the areas, because the kingdom of God is a whole lot bigger than just gathering church. I praise God for our fellowship but we're part of something even more massive. For instance, the, I, I know a couple who is a part of this church that uh, the wife works at a place that will match her uh, charitable giving, I'm going to say by like something ridiculous, like 50%. You know, Hey, whatever you give to charity, we'll, we'll match it up to 50%. But it can't be to a particular house of worship. You know, they, they, they don't want it to go to a, a church. They want it to go to a charity. So they were very prayerful about it. And there is a Christian charity who's doing incredible work, uh, meeting needs within the community, but also sharing the gospel, doing the work of the kingdom of God. And so they had let me know. They said, pastor, look, we, we, we give as we can to gathering, but, but also just be aware, our, this, is, this is how the, we feel like the Lord has directed our tithes because we give 10%, but he blesses with another 5%. So it's almost like we're, we're getting to have a 15% impact on, on the kingdom, it's, it's, are you okay with that? And I said, man, I better be if God told you. I don't want to mess. That's, man, that's, <laughs> hey, that's God's money. That's not mine. In other words, hey, you need to be obedient. So when I, when I say pay your tithes, uh, I'm telling you to pay them into the kingdom the way that God tells you to pay them. Okay? Say, so, well, what if he tells me to give them someplace other than gathering? Well, then you be obedient to God. Because God's going to take care of us if we are obedient to Him. Okay? Amen. Are we all right with that? Yeah. Now, if you say, I, but I'll also be honest. If you say, look, I'm paying all my tithes to Jesse Duplantis, well, praise God. But if you wind up in the hospital, have Jesse Duplantis come pray for you. No, I'm teasing. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do that. No. See if Jesse will come on a. Jesse will hop on that jumbo jet, fly into Arlington. No. I'm teasing. Everyone relax. That's, that's right. That's right. Do we have anyone else watching us on the stream? Sorry. Facebook just kicked us off. Uh, uh, and and also, I will say this as well, and, and Kate can vouch for this. Uh, I, I do not, uh, and we've set it up purposely like this. I, it was one of my requests, and Kate thought it was a... Great idea. Uh, I do not have access to see who's paying tithes and who's not paying tithe. Okay? Uh, now, Kate is, is our executive pastor. She deals with all the administrative stuff. Uh, she, she can have access uh, to it. Now, uh, come tax time or come around February when you, you, you're going to wind up getting your receipt of what you give, and you're going to get a nice, wonderful little letter that I, uh, I include in that. Okay? Well, I type the letter and I give it to her and she puts it in the database and it spits it out, okay? So, so as I'm saying, thank you for giving, I don't know what you've given, okay? Uh, so just be aware of that. Uh, and the reason why I do that is because as a shepherd and as a pastor, I don't, I am human. And as much as I can sit here and say, look, I don't, uh, it's not about money. If, if you have a need, I want to minister to you as a shepherd. I want to shepherd you. It doesn't matter. I'm also human. And so I don't want any subconscious part of me to go, ooh, and this person's been given a lot. Let me give them a little more attention than someone else. And no, oh, this, this person had not really even been given at all. I'll get around to them. You know, uh, is that my heart? No, but I'm human. I don't even want to uh, yeah, possibly open that door. So just so you're aware, your pastor does that. I, I couldn't tell you who gave what and what, any, anything like that. So, uh, and that's how I prefer it to be. The Lord's taking care of you and the Lord's taking care of us. Okay, so this is what I want you to do in closing. And what does in closing mean? Absolutely not. not. (laughs) Now let's all stand. Now that means something, right? When the preacher said, let's all stand. Second Corinthians, this is what I want you to claim this week. And God will generously, everyone say generously, provide all you need. Man, we had everything we need to get to church today. Isn't that wonderful? And we had a whole lot more than what we needed to get here. Everything, every moment of your life, he will generously provide what you need. Not necessarily what you want. Amen? I've been still believing God for that new smoker I'm waiting on. That's not a need, that's a want. He hadn't provided it yet. Yet. (laughs) God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others, isn't that a wonderful God that we serve? That that's how He wants to bless us. Amen. Hey, we're going to sing one more time and worship one more time together, and then uh, matter of fact, I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw JJ a curveball here, and since he is our secretary on the elder board, the great John Jordan, uh, he get he gets to officially call uh, call to to order our membership business meeting, and uh, so don't nobody run away too quick. And at the conclusion of it all, we do have a, a wonderful announcement for our youth group as well. Amen. Let's all pray together. Father, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your truth. And I thank you for your, your covenant promise that as we are obedient and are giving with you, uh, that you protect us, you, you, you provide incredible provision, you give us protection, and you provide incredible promotion, Lord, uh, just to have a greater impact and influence. And Lord, wherever everyone is, and their faith journey. Uh, just just move us to be greater givers in every area of our life this coming year. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I'm gonna be hanging out in the corner. I'd be honored to pray with you uh, before we get into our business meeting. Let's all worship together one more time as a family.